definitely at the like time where Pinterest was every bride and groom's like uh-huh. biggest yeah. inspiration and not just like for like decor but like hey i sent you a pinterest board of like the 40 portrait photos i want of us and i'm like uh-huh. looking at him i'm like okay you're taller than him and this photo you sent me the guy's seven foot tall like, <laughs> right, that's not gonna work. like yeah. how are you gonna lay your head in his bosom when <laughs> when like he can lay in yours and it makes more sense for your photo so. <laughs> Welcome to the Light and Dark Podcast, where you can grow your community, build your business, and have fun doing it. I'm Rachel Driscoll. And I am John Mansfield. We are two wedding photographers forging our way in these sometimes lonely places of the entrepreneurial world, looking for a way to create community and a feeling of belonging. Deciding to join forces, we began our journey to teach a workshop that was inclusive of our very different yet equally creative styles, leading to the undertaking of the Light and Dark Workshop. Wanting to help more creatives than we could face-to-face, we decided to take our collective experience and start a podcast. And here we are today. If you're a creative entrepreneur looking for community and education, you've come to the right place. So grab a cup of coffee. Or a Red Bull. And buckle up for today's episode. guys thank you so much for listening to our episode today we would love it if you would take just a few seconds and click over to the library on your podcast app the itunes app actually would be the one to use and go over to shows scroll down till you get to our podcast light and dark photography podcast and then scroll to the bottom of that and you can see where it says ratings and reviews. If you wouldn't mind taking just a few seconds to write a little review for us and, you know, maybe hit that five star, um, that would mean the world to us. Thank you so much, and we hope you enjoy this episode. So, Phil, I I think John was actually the one who introduced me to you, um, to your work, and um, I, I hadn't looked at your website in a while, but I remember the first time looking at it just being like, this is really cool. Um, and I was looking at it again today, like looking over it and I was like, oh, I'm so excited to talk today because there's so many good things on it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Appreciate yeah, it. It's really awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we got Phil Porto here today. Uh, he is, uh, the lead photographer, one of the photographers, uh, with the Portos and they are based in Tampa, Florida, and New York, and North Carolina, and all over the place. And they have like this really, truly awesome brand. And we wanted to have him on here today and just kind of tell you all about them and his brand and how to stand out from just kind of the noise and the same and everyone looking the same with all the same cameras and presets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, welcome, Phil. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's yeah, good, yeah. Uh, good to see you and it's good to meet you, Rachel. Um, you know, John uh, contacted me about the podcast and I checked it out and was really glad to see um, you guys doing something a little different, you know, where it's you guys coming together and kind of highlighting other people. Um, a lot of podcasts highlight self um, and, and their successes. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see you guys looking outside, especially, you know, hearing uh, John talk about like standing out because our styles are pretty different, you know, 
Um, and so a lot of times we tend to gravitate towards people that are very, very similar to us um, instead of kind of like stepping out and realizing that there is something that we could learn from each other and that different yes. styles does not mean it's an us versus them kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I was excited to, to be part of it. Um, yeah, yeah, so we're much. excited to have you here. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how our our whole light, dark, you know, workshop and podcast, the whole thing kind of started was that, you know, both of us have such vastly different styles and we just wanted to celebrate that and show like, hey, there's not one style means that you're a good photographer if you shoot this way or this way or whatever, that you can learn from both of those aspects yeah. of, of it, and, you know. Each of us are artists, right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, and even learning from uh, from photographers outside of the wedding industry. Because that was something that up until maybe a year and a half ago, I hadn't even thought to look at, you know, food photographers or product photography. Mm -hmm. And then I started following this food photographer. Or she's not even a photographer. She's like some master chef in Chicago and like we've created this little, this little friendship. She's got like maybe 300 followers on Instagram, but somehow I found her and I was like, okay, this is cool. She's got really cool. Like they're like the high end desserts where they're like one little bit of like something reduction, (laughs) something chocolate sauce. And we're like, that looks really cool. Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. 20 bucks a bite. This is amazing. (laughs) And then I will fill up on Bluebell once I get home. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like even checking out like her stuff and just seeing the way um, that she uses light to like show texture on the food. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. Cause I don't, I don't, I I mean, I, I used to not like really pay too much attention to the food that was served at weddings. I was like, yeah, I'll take pictures of it. That's cool. Uh, but I know this isn't what you hired me for and this isn't really what you're going to put in your album. Um, (laughs) but it is cool whenever I have, uh, like a plated meal or something that just looks really nice. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to find some good light. I'm going to hit it with this. Like I might even set up a light stand over here and just get that, that cool texture coming across. And I never would have thought of that if I didn't start looking for people who were outside of the industry. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you, talk about that because when you think about it those aren't the photos that are going to be like printed out and like put on mm-hmm. a couple's wall everywhere you know yeah. but <laughs> they chose that specific dessert for a reason you know mm-hmm. like especially because they could just go to their local grocery store and get like a bunch of boxed you know can candy goods or right. you know cupcakes or this that or whatever but they hire these people because they know that for them it's an art form and they like that company's art form um and so i didn't really spend much time caring about those photos either until like i started working weddings where the companies would reach out to me and be like hey you know like these photos are you know what really keep us in business is you know, people seeing the craft that we put into our cupcakes or our cakes or our Mm -hmm. cookies, whatever. And then when you start to think like, oh man, you know, this is how a vendor actually sustains themselves. You kind of take it a little more seriously, like when you're capturing it, you know, it's not just going to be, oh, the lighting's harsh. We're just going to keep it that way. You know, you're going to try to find the best lighting possible for that cake or 
for that, you know, set of cupcakes, which is weird to think about, but that's stuff that impacts another company's, you know, source of income. Um, and we get to play a little role in that. So, so yeah, we got to take it a little bit more serious and cooking shows are honestly like my favorite, like, Oh yeah. When it comes to like how we do video, especially like, I love like chef's table and stuff like that. Oh, like, I bet that's oh, super man. inspirational. Yeah. yeah. Those are such like well the, done. The cinematography art. in chef's table is it's amazing. It's ridiculous. so cool. That's one of the reasons because, I mean, I love food and I love watching the Food Network and all the, you know, Chopped and all those mm-hmm. shows. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, when chef's table came out a few years ago, I started watching it. And that was one of the things that like kept me like intrigued so i was like i don't know this guy in you know, <laughs> new york at blue hill whatever and uh and then just watching it i was like the way the way that they were filming things and the story that they were they were telling of the food and of um you know the farmers and uh, and the chef and his story mm-hmm. i was just like man this is really well done yeah and definitely got some inspiration from that as well smile guys hey <laughs> dude are you wearing a goofy movie shirt dude still what? wearing a goofy movie shirt i did not oh, even notice awesome. that now you say that yeah. i can see it that was like my favorite movie growing up oh Same my gosh too. i loved that movie and when we had my son me and my wife liked disney like we were pass holders before you know we had our son um I love Disney. I have a Disney Instagram account uh, where it's just me and my son. I think I saw that. Yeah. yeah, My Disney clothes. Uh Um, And so I always, you know, would talk to my wife about how it was kind of cool because um, when you look at the OGs of Disney, like Goofy's the only one that had a son. Like he's the only one that had a son. Like the only other kids you see in the OGs are Louie, Dewey, Huey, and they're Donald's you know, nephews. Yeah. Um, and so you see Max and Goofy and I was like, man, I want me and my son to be like Max and Goofy. And then my son during this whole quarantine thing, well, just right before became a huge, huge, like Goofy and Max fan to the nice. point that we watch it all the time. He finds like little bottles of hand sanitizer and puts them on the floor. Like they're his skateboard. Uh, <laughs> like, it's, yeah. So we actually watched that this morning before they stepped out. So oh, that's awesome. watched that probably 20 times during quarantine. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah, all about some Goofy movie. Yes. Well, I know what we're doing for movie night tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I hadn't even thought to look for that because we have Disney Plus. Yeah, it's on Disney sure, Plus. I saw I'm it, sure but it's, we hadn't, we hadn't it's got both of them. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Okay. So yeah. That was that was one of my favorites growing up. I loved that. And I and I never thought of it like that that you know, Goofy was the only one with a son. Yeah. But I loved that. Um, I don't know, just the relationship that they had and, you know, through that whole story where he's trying to, like, foster that relationship with his son, yeah. but just keeps doing all the wrong things. And uh, yeah, The more you watch it, the more and more Max is just, like, 
kind of a pain in the butt. Like you're just like, man, <laughs> like you are really difficult. But you, know, <laughs> you come around in the last like teenagers. <laughs> yeah, and it's right. Like, which is weird you because had teenagers. <laughs> well, he was he was a young you know that that works for the first movie. You're like yeah. you know mm-hmm. he's a little young high school punk. But then the next one he's in college and he's still being a punk. And you're yeah. just like. <laughs> what is going on dude get it together dude (laughs) yeah the last 10 minutes of the movie you redeem yourself but like that whole 90 before you know you're a little bit hard to deal with right you know yeah it happens i feel like that's a lot of those movies like going back and watching uh you know now that our son's five we're watching a lot of the disney stuff that i grew up on that he was really interested in you know three or four and seeing some of these like ariel and uh, and oh, like, you start to see it from the parents' perspective. You start to see it from the parents' perspective. Not that I'm a parent and I'm older. And I'm, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing, Ariel? What's going on? Oh well, well that, that's a that's the thing. Me and my wife talk about that all the time. You watch all the princesses, and you're just like, okay, there's some things you can give or take about them. But uh-huh. like, Ariel straight up is the most selfish character that can yes. ever be created. Overvalued. So yep. love her, like. I look at her and I'm just like, if you were actually someone I knew, you would probably like make me very, very frustrated. <laughs> but I'm here buying t-shirts of yours and like, <laughs> taking my son to meet you at Disney. Yet your character, actual personality would like really tick me off if you were a real person. So it's really weird how they get away with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I wonder if that was why that movie was banned in our household growing up. Because my parents told me it was because of the midriff and that she was like in the seashell bikini and all that. If Uh, you grew up in a Christian Christian home, it was probably mm, the midriff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. mine, it was the rebellion and yeah. the yeah. the boyfriend girlfriend situation. Even well, that's because you were a girl. Was, yeah, that's right. True. Yeah. No, so for yeah. you guys, it was different. Like yeah. the rebellion, yeah. they don't really worry so much about. Like, dad's not going to be like, son, you don't want to watch this. She rebels. Like <laughs> most dads aren't going to say that to their son, mm-hmm. but to their daughter, like you're not going to be that kind of daughter. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. You know, and yep. like and, little and there, boy, we were like, hey, don't have, look at yeah. that. I have two sisters and, and two brothers, so, you know, there was, there was a lot of girls hanging out in our house. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, like, I know you have your, your Disney dad swag, yep. uh, your Instagram and everything, which is super cool. And I, 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 whenever I saw that, I was like, do I have any Disney shirts or anything? And I do not, so I need to get on that. Um, but I also, like, we've... My parents were very against Disney because of the like boyfriend girlfriend thing. There was always a love interest, and they're like, "We don't really want you thinking about a love interest at eight years old." And I get that now that I'm a parent, but that also kind of turned me off of Disney, or not turned me off of Disney, but I didn't like grow up with it. Yeah, like uh, like I had never seen Princess and the Frog until after I was married, and my wife was like, "You've never seen Princess and the Frog?" No, I've never even heard of it, but it's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah uh, and I grew up in the era where, uh, like, as my, my parents were like Southern Baptist. And, okay. Uh, so, uh, so Disney was like, they boycotted Disney for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, looking yeah. back, I'm like, really? That's like, that's what you wanted to. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have a lot of friends that grew up very similar, you know, like we couldn't watch this stuff. Um, and I grew up, you know, not in a church family. You know, we were Catholic. Yeah. I was a Hispanic from New York. It was just like mm. by birth, we were Catholic. Right. Um, but we didn't really like practice anything. You know, we just went because we had to. Yeah. Um, and so I remember my mom like taking us to see Aladdin at a movie theater in the Bronx, like, you know, the week it came out and me loving it that she bought me a bootleg, you know, DVD of it, like that week from some guy that was selling them out of their trunk, you know, okay. and like, <laughs> I look and I'm like, there wasn't much more rebellion in my life than all these people, except what I've noticed is like a lot of those people that couldn't watch the movies actually wound up being a little bitter and salty that they couldn't like watch those movies. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so, yep. and, and when I look at it, I watch these movies and I actually write blogs about it because like I have fun um, with it. But there are so many like actual moral stories that like you can dig deep and like see throughout all those movies oh, yeah absolutely. It, like if you can get past the boyfriend and girlfriend thing like mm -hmm. there's so much more of a lesson being taught um for faith-based families non-faith-based families like all across yeah. the board just like lessons um that i'm just like man i would be totally okay with him seeing that max has a girlfriend in you know like middle oh, school yeah. And him be able to see that, like, a father-son relationship is, like, wicked important. You know, like, mm -hmm. he, you know? So I think it's one of those things. Every, I think every faith-based family has their era of, like, what they are against. You know, like, yeah, Disney totally. kind of got, like, left alone. And people were like, oh, Disney's not so bad. But Harry Potter, you know? And then, like, <laughs> Harry Potter mm -hmm. got it. And now it'll be something else. So um, yep. it kind of comes and goes. It's yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So with, I mean, with your love of Disney and being there in Florida, how many mm -hmm. times, or do you even know how many times anymore that you've been to Disney? Uh, no, no clue. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I could not even count if I wanted to. Um, we actually took, this is how much I enjoy it. Uh, we took uh, our son to Disney uh, when he was a month old. Um, and he rode his first teacup ride when he was a month old in our arms and we filmed it and everything. That is awesome. Um, and so, so yeah, we, we go quite often. We're pass holders. Um, and the weekday pass is really, really cheap for Floridians. Uh, and since we work on weekends, we never can go on like uh, on the weekends and we really don't want to. So, mm -hmm. It's the price of going for like a day and a half to one park, but you get to go to all the parks for the whole year, except for the blackout dates, which is the summer and the weekends. And so we go quite often and being a pass holder, you don't deal with all that like headache of like, oh, I got to ride all this stuff. We pretty much right. go, we can ride one thing, eat at one of our favorite restaurants, walk around and then just leave mm -hmm. um, since it's about an hour and a half away from us. So yeah. we really, really enjoy that. And I I'm nice. probably too much of a Disney fan, you know, like <laughs> that's fine. I have like two drawers in uh, our dresser that are Disney sweaters and then like Disney shirts. And then like, like, you know, I have my Disney account. I just released the Disney song that I wrote. And so like, nice. a, a big thing. I love it. So yeah. it keeps me feeling fantastic. young as I get older. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure like having that uh, that access, being able to go there often, because mm -hmm. uh, like growing up, we um, we loved Six Flags theme okay. parks. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, in Texas, we didn't have yeah. Disney. Yeah. We didn't really have a lot of those uh, type of themed places. We just had roller coasters. Mm, yeah. um, and we were about uh, three hours from Dallas. Okay. So, um, and like, I grew up homeschooled. So my parents, as an incentive for me to actually do my work and not just be <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'll do this next week, whatever. Or, like, take my time because they were like, all right, you got to get this much done in a month. Uh, you got to finish this whole book. And I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll do it the last week of the month. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but they were like, yeah, if you can do, like, this by the second Tuesday of the month, we will, or the second Friday or whatever, we will take you to Six Flags the following Tuesday. And I was like, all right. And it got me and my brother motivated. And we were like, we were doing stuff. Like my, my brother even talked about that in, uh, in his wedding speech at my wedding where, uh, cause there was one time that he did not finish mm. his work and I finished mine like days early. Cause I was ready to go yeah. and he didn't finish his and I was not able to go. And I was very upset with him for a long time. Um, and then I, I'm not upset with him anymore, but he gave my wife advice. Like, if you ever promise to, that he's going to go to Six Flags, don't take that away from him because he'll hold a grudge for a long time. I was like, what? Okay. Your parents, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, gave you his penalty? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're like, yeah. okay, John, you finished all this stuff, but your brother hasn't. So we're not going to do this week. And yeah, I was, I was pretty upset. Wow. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And apparently I showed it to him quite a bit uh, as oh, a kid yeah. because it stuck with him long enough to, you know, <laughs> to remember it for your wedding. To remember it for my wedding. <laughs> well, that's 25. You, you don't take theme parks away from people at any no. age. Like I, I, before I was a photographer, I was the vocalist of a band and being the vocalist, you know, you pretty much handle most of the stuff, you know, unfortunately. So I was doing the design of our merch, the printing of our merch, the, you know, calculating how much we had to make, how much we had to charge this, that, whatever, the booking of our tours, the routing of our tours, everything. And so with that kind of load on your shoulders you know you get to the show and different bands that you meet and you hang out with they're like oh you know like i'd love to trade shirts and so it's typically the person who's in charge of that for the band which mm -hmm. most times the vocalist or you know the, the lead guitarist or whatever um and you would trade shirts back and forth so the band would always get like so mad at me like that i always had all this free merch and they're like you're you're giving away our merch and i'm like yeah, I'm the one that does everything. Of course, I'm reaping the benefits. And so we went to Texas once and we had a few shows that wound up getting canceled in a row because there was something going on. I don't remember what it was. Um, I think it was like weather or something like that. And mm -hmm. so we picked back up and we're going to Texas and there was a water park. I don't remember what city it was uh, called Schlitterbahn. New Braunfels. Oh, yeah. New okay. Braunfels. Yeah. And so we hadn't made money in like four or five days. So the band was like, let's go to Schlitterbahn because a friend of ours lived there. I was like, we can't afford <laughs> Schlitterbahn right now. We have to like keep going. We need to make money before we can spend money mm -hmm. because they wanted the band to pay for Schlitterbahn. They didn't want to pay for it themselves. And so I was like, no, we're not going to Schlitterbahn. 
And bottom line, like I control the money. We're not going to Schlitterbahn. <laughs> so we don't go to Schlitterbahn. And every time I would trade a shirt, like they would all have comments like, look at Phil trading, sh- trading away our Schlitterbahn again. Like <laughs> still to this day, will blame me saying that like all my free clothes was their lack of Schlitterbahn experience. Yeah. So have you never been to Schlitterbahn then? I have not. Oh, oh Phil, you missed out. I know. Yes. I know. <laughs> you like know, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. Like now I would be like, eh, if we don't make it to the next show, we don't make it to the next show. Let's go to Schlitterbahn for two days. But mm-hmm. you know, when you're trying to eat at twenty, you know, 20 totally. Old, totally. Oh yeah. <laughs> what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, dude, next time you're in Texas. I was gonna say, if you sure. ever get a chance, I mean, and New Braunfels is the best one for sure. Okay. So yeah. If you ever get a chance, go and it's so fun. So yes. fun. I definitely will. Definitely yeah. will. Yeah. We Take had we had season passes for a couple of years, because uh, I was born in New Braunfels. And, okay. Uh and then we lived near there for a little bit and we would go constantly and it was just go it was so much fun yeah we, we, we float the river and we do schlitterbahn so we do two days we'll like i think we usually do schlitterbahn first because then floating the river you know is like easy going and schlitterbahn okay. takes it out of mm, you. <laughs> yeah and, and then we float the river yeah i would like to compare it to like the the florida theme parks uh, uh water theme parks that we have here. yeah mm. yeah like we have two There's disney that. ones i've only been to one of the disney ones but yeah. the one I've been to is pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. We'll see. Nice. Yeah, I stayed near, I don't even know the name of it. Uh, it's, I think it's one of the universal ones. Uh, uh, oh, the lava, the new yeah, yeah. volcano one? Yeah, I stayed like just a couple minutes from there uh, okay. when I was... Uh, when I was there for uh, the creative conference. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, we we had a couple that um, had given us passes to go, hmm. and then I don't know what happened. I don't think we ever used them. <laughs> oh, no. They might still be in my email somewhere. So, you yes. know. Hopefully yeah, they're out. still valid. <laughs> Coronavirus gone. <laughs> That's what right, I'm yeah. Like. <laughs> it was like, hey, I know these have expired, and it was yeah, way right? before corona, but... <laughs> I know you want people. I, I can back. blame it on Corona, even though it was probably like a year before Corona. <laughs> right. Like, I'll just you 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 say Corona for anything right now, and you'll get yeah, an extension. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's funny. That's so so what, uh, yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> go, go ahead Rachel. <laughs> uh, what what moved you from New York to Florida? Yeah, so I was actually in my teens, um, and my brother and I, um, my mom was a single mom, and so uh, her and my dad were divorced by that time. So me and my brother kind of just started hanging out with the wrong people. We were just in the wrong crowd um, and getting in trouble. And so my mom was like, listen, your uncles currently live in Florida. Your grandfather lives in Florida. I'm going to move you and him and myself, and we're going to go to Florida so that you're around men in your life that can pretty much smack you into shape. Um, and so we moved, and then my uncles wound up moving shortly after we got to New York. But, but, but yeah, so we, we moved to Florida, and then we've pretty much, you know, been – here for you know through my high school years and then when I was in my senior year of high school 
my family moved to North Carolina. Um, might've been my freshman year of college. Um, but I didn't really want to take that trek with them. So Florida had always been, I've moved quite a few times since then, but always wind up back in Florida. Interesting. Okay. It's weird. I always thought I would go back to New York like permanently. Um, and because I'm such a city boy, but as I've gotten older, like I've realized as much as I love New York city, I also start to feel very rushed and hurried when I'm there. I also get like a very, um, abrasive kind of like get things done personality that I really don't like in myself. Um, And I've just noticed a lot of my friends that do still live there, you know, no one really owns anything. It's you're living the dream constantly, but you're living the dream to pay for the dream. Um, And for me, I don't want that to be the case for like my family and our future. Um, I want to actually be able to like leave things for my son, you know, when when I pass. Um, And so, you know, unless God has different plans down the road, you know, this is where I'll be. But uh, I still go back to New York, you know, since our business is still there. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there, you know, sometimes three, four times a month. Um, but that's fine because I get to go do what I have to do and then actually just come back to, right. to what's ours as a family. So yeah. I think it's just a better quality of life that I can give for my wife and my son. Um, so yeah, love it. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that because I've always loved the idea of New York yeah. and like seeing it in movies and shows and stuff. And like we, uh, my family and I, we drove from Austin, Texas to New York City for uh, Thanksgiving 2001. And like we wrote on the back of our car, like spending Thanksgiving with America in New York <laughs> right after 9-11. And like people were honking at us on the way up there just like, yeah, waving at us. It's like, yeah, that's all awesome. But, uh, and I, I loved it. I loved visiting yeah. there. Um, but I had a, a photo shoot and I was there for about mm, three or uh, four days or so um, last year. And yeah, just like walking around the streets, I like my personality started changing and I was like blending in with everyone and like feeling super rushed and just kind of like agitated that other people were walking right next to me. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is this is my turn to go you're not supposed to and like, i was like this isn't really my personality so maybe this isn't the best place for me to live yeah definitely love uh visiting but uh but yeah, yeah. i can kind of relate to that there there's no place like it like no. it's seriously my favorite place you know like mm-hmm. i love it um the only place that comes close is when we were in scotland this summer like i loved mm-hmm. that um it was just completely different yeah uh but in the States, there's nothing like it. Like if people haven't been, I'm like, you at least need to go like in your life. Um, so I don't think any place is ever going to like beat it when it comes to like places that I love. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I just feel like it's a never ending like cycle, you know, of of, like busy to be busy and this, that, whatever. Um, and, and for me, I don't want to always live that way. Like I have some friends that are doing great there, you know, but you got to think how many people gravitate to that, you know, that city mm-hmm. to be the place that they make it, you know? Um, and so when you have that many people going to that place to make it, um, you you wind up being another number instead of like being something that can really change the area that you're currently in. 
And so, so I feel like, you know, the idea of that's the place to go to make it, um, it's kind of like that thing that you see in movies, you know, and you buy in. Uh, and when yeah. you get there, the grass is definitely not greener on the other side. Uh, no. And I feel like instead of being a photographer or a musician or a whatever there, unless you really feel called to be there, why don't you be that where you're at and like start something there, you know, make something, you know, a, a bigger deal in your current city than having to go somewhere where it's already a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So tell me how you got started as a photographer. Yeah. So I actually came into photography from a graphic design and video background. Okay. Um, all throughout high school, I was making music and uh, one of the guys who was kind of my mentor in music um, was also the one that was like running the independent record label. And so he was like a jack of all trades kind of thing and mm-hmm. became a really, really good graphic designer. And so I was like picking his brain on that. We, um, I had a group, it was me and this guy named Cody and our mentors were uh, a guy named Mike and Isaac. And so Isaac was like the production guy, worked with all the like music production and Cody kind of gravitated to that. And then Mike was the the business guy and the designer and I gravitated to him. And so Mike kind of showed me the ropes of like design and stuff like that. And so right out of high school, wasn't sure what I really wanted to do. We were still doing the label. Mike had a graphic design firm, taught me all that stuff. And so I was using a lot of like the photography to create these graphics with him, Mm -hmm. um, the mailers that we were sending out and all that stuff. And so I pursued the arts, you know, just as a whole through college. Um, And the, I kind of went for a music uh, production degree and the school that I went to was supposed to have this like popular music major unravel my sophomore year. And never wound up happening so Uh they pulled me into the office and they're like hey so we sold you this idea and that's why you've been here and it's not gonna happen before you graduate and i was like okay i'm leaving (laughs) they were just Uh like no don't do that uh you you know you're very plugged in you know you you um do a lot with the student body and what if we told you that you can make your own degree and you just pick classes from the communication department um that you want to take as long as you take your prereqs and i was like sure so i did a music semester in martha's vineyard uh for music business i did graphic design video photo and video business uh uh media lighting uh, broadcast lighting, all that stuff. And it was just like, okay, I'll just be a jack of all trades. Um, but the whole time I was really just like doing it because I wanted my single mom, you know, like, or she wasn't single then, but Mm -hmm. growing up all the sacrifices she made, I was like, I'm going to go to college, you know, make her proud, see that. So, so that's the only reason I was going really, because I had this band, we were, doing great you know i was touring in between every semester touring on the weekends and you know senior year we got a record deal so i was just like i'm gonna just graduate and just tour like this is my life i'm gonna make music and so photo and video was just stuff that i did for fun you know on the road in between i would create the videos for our band uh the photos for our band here and there and then in between tours i would work for apple 
you know, like doing little like trainings in the store on how to edit photos and video. Then I married my wife and she was like, I don't really want to be married to a vocalist of a band. Like, it's just not really what I want. Mm. And I was like, all right, cool. So I quit. And so the band <laughs> RIP and we did our last tour. <laughs> I moved out to Ohio for her and I to get married. And I was there and I was kind of miserable there. Um, but I was doing like freelance graphic design and it was just at a time where the economy was really, really rough. It was right around 2008, 2009. Um, and being a freelancer was the worst thing that like I could have yeah. imagined. Like people were just like, we, we need work, but we have no money. So we can't give you money, but we still want you to work. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Like, right. I, I can't do that. So <laughs> we wound up moving to Florida. Uh, I got a video production uh, director job at a church down here, um, which it didn't really work out, um, but it was what God used to get us to Tampa. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I worked at Apple and went back to Apple and I was doing trainings on photo, video, music production, doing photo and video when they would open local stores or they would have a launch date of something that was important. They would have me do their photo and video. Oh, wow. And then a guy that used to come to our shows when I used to tour through Tampa um, because we were from South Florida. But when we would tour through, this kid used to come to our shows and he started working at the Apple store with me. And him and his girlfriend at the time ended up starting a photo video company for weddings. And he asked me to shoot an event with him one day for Outback Steakhouse. And he liked the photos. So he asked me to shoot a wedding for him uh, with him since his wife was sick. I shot it and I was like, I don't enjoy this, but there's good money in it. And I got asked to shoot someone else's wedding when they heard that I had shot that wedding with him. And from then on, I became a wedding photographer and hated it the first few months and then really had to figure out who we were because it was definitely at the like time where Pinterest was every bride and groom's like uh -huh. biggest yeah. inspiration and not just like for like decor, but like, Hey, I sent you a Pinterest board of like the 40 portrait photos I want of us. And I'm like uh -huh. looking at them. I'm like, okay, you're taller than him. And this photo you sent me, the guy's seven foot tall. Like, <laughs> right, that's not gonna work. like yeah. how are you going to lay your head in his bosom when, <laughs> when like he can lay in yours and it makes more sense for your photo. So it was a little bit weird. Um, so we had to figure out who we were going to be outside of Pinterest. Um, and then once we did, that's when I actually started actually falling in love with being a photographer. Mm, yeah. Yes. Funny how that works, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any like any tips or suggestions on like any listeners who are kind of currently in that spot where they're like, I don't even know who I am, like as a photographer, what I want to do, who I want to attract, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so this is one thing that like any mentorship that I ever do or any workshop I speak at when it comes to like finding your brand or your identity or your vibe, um, I always say it's the exact recipe that I followed for when me and my wife were trying to figure out who the portos were going to be. Um, a lot of people will see something that they like and go, oh, that's who I'm going to be. Well, mm -hmm. that doesn't really work because you're not them. You're not wired like them. Like yeah. you don't do things the way that they do. You don't talk the way that they do. You don't react to people the way that they do. So someone who's completely introverted can see 
are photos where I'm pretty much like snuggled up with a groom to show the bride <laughs> how intimate I want them to be. <laughs> that introverted person photographer is not going to do that. Like it's right. just not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so what I always say to do is figure out five photographers, whether they're in the photo, like wedding industry or something else, find five photographers whose work really, really moves you. And what needs to move you is not the same thing about each photographer. Like, don't just like photographers that you saw on the tribe, you know, preset Facebook because you like the colors of all of them. So you're going to be like that photographer. That mm. Finding a preset is not finding who you are as a photographer. It's Amen. not finding your style. You yes. know, um, you could have the right preset and still be way off on who yeah. you are. Um, so I say find five things. So... One of the photographers that um, I was vibing with, I don't see as much of her now, so I think she's pursuing some other stuff as well as weddings, um, but her name was Lauren Appel. And what I loved about Lauren Appel's work is that when you saw Lauren Appel photo, her look was different than anybody else's, like aesthetically, color-wise, um, and my work would never look like that. Like it just wasn't my vibe, but mm. I loved that anytime I saw a photo of hers, I knew it was her or someone that wanted to be her. Like I knew that those, that was the only way that it could be anyone else is that they copied her so hard. So that was one thing I wanted is when people saw the look of our work, that they saw it and said, that's the Portos or someone who is highly influenced by the Portos. Yeah. Then the emotion of Jordan Voth and the way that Lev Cooperman was able to like take a doctor and lawyer or like a math leet and like a, a, a chemist and make them all look like they could be on the front of Vogue magazine. Like as someone who loves fashion, I was like, yeah, I want all my couples to say, holy frick, I'm hot. Like, yes, you are. Like, yeah. That, that was something that was important to me. So when you take those five things, your five things are going to be different than anyone else's five things. Even if they have four of the same things, that fifth thing completely changes the recipe. That's one thing you'll see in all cooking shows is they say, like, you could do everything correctly. And then the chef comes and he tastes it. And Gordon Ramsay's like, did you put salt? No, I knew it. Like he knows, you know, that something was missing. Um, that, that one ingredient changes the recipe completely. So no photographer would be exactly the same as anyone else if they find the five true things to their heart. Like what things make you go, wow, you know, and for us, that's what formed the real moments meets fine art, you know, kind of vibe that we go with. But I never want someone to look at our work and say, that's what I want to do. Like, mm -hmm. unless it's, I want to do that thing that they do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Take that one thing, but don't ever try to be a replica of one or two other photographers. Find a plethora of things that draw you to different people, put that in a crock pot and that's who you will be. And it'll taste different than anything else that other people have seen. Mm, fantastic yeah. advice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and that like that helps with the whole like inspiration inspiration versus 
like imitation Ooh, type yeah. work because if you're if you're just going off of like i see the portos work and i want to do exactly this yeah. and you're like writing because like whenever i started that's what i did was i saw photos that inspired me and then i would write down okay i would have to tell them this to get this posing mm. and then i'm gonna have to position them where this light is gonna hit them this way and like i'm deconstructing the whole thing <laughs> but then like putting it all back together to try and create the same image with different yeah. people and it it just didn't work out yeah and it didn't I, come close to what it was mm. but if i could take like just like dude i love the way that you know you get like these true smiles and stuff like i'm gonna work on getting true smiles out yeah. of my couples yeah and i think that's that's one thing that's really really hard is i see a lot um in the industry Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, what else can I do to monetize as a photographer? You know, and you see a lot of people come up with these like guides of, okay, this is what you say to a couple to get this reaction. And I don't think you can really sell that, you know, like no, no two couples are the same. No. And so to, to say that, oh, if you talk like this to a couple or, you know, I have some, some people that are like, oh, well, I know that if I say this dirty word, the couple will laugh. And I'm like, well, no. What, what if you're talking to a really, really conservative religious yeah. couple that that's actually offensive, you know? Or, you know, like you yourself, you know, are using this tactic, but in your personal life, you don't talk that way. So you're right. selling them something that's not you. You know, there's going to be that disconnect. And so- when people sell these like guides and stuff like that, I'm like, man, I, I feel like this can set photographers actually back sometimes, you know, because they get these like cues of what they're supposed to be doing. And then when it doesn't work, they've spent a few hundred dollars. Now they're feeling like, okay, why does it work for other people? And not I must not be good enough. And with having a team, what I realized is telling people how to do things never is good when it comes to photography. Like it's detrimental, honestly, because they tried to do something because you taught them how, but without knowing the why, it never comes together. So when I first started having a team, they'd be like, okay, Phil does this and we do it, but the photo wouldn't really translate. Like there would be void of like the emotion or this or that, or the posing was on, but the feeling was just way off. And I realized it's because I never taught my team why I do those things. And then once they learn the why, it completely changed the whole photo. And so I think actually, you know, besides finding who you are, I think it's so important. I think it's really, really weird to me how in a lot of fields, apprenticeship is such a sought after thing. Um, but lately in the photography realm, the idea of actually working under someone else you know for a season is like mm. weird and foreign they're like why would i do that like i'm valuable well yes you're valuable but you also don't know how to take your camera out of aperture priority mode like okay. let, let, let's get you somewhere you know yeah. um and so i'm reading a book uh by kinfolk um uh. Yeah, it's actually holding up my computer, so I can't show it right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's called Kinfolk Entrepreneurs, and it's a whole book of just, like, people that have made it in their industries and, like, have made it to these pivotal points. And you read all of their stories, and I would say more than 80% of the book talk about how they 
were an apprentice first to someone that was killing it in the industry mm-hmm. and that it came to a point where they and that person were like, yeah, you shouldn't apprentice anymore. And they went out and they were able to kill it. And so I think it's sad that the idea of apprenticeship has kind of fallen away from the wedding industry. And it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, well, there's a lot of YouTube tutorials and I watch them and now I'm ready to be the best in the industry. And I'm like, yeah, but someone else could take you a lot further in a lot shorter of a time and help you not make those same mistakes, you know? Mm -hmm. So apprenticeship, I think is beautiful. And I think everyone really should when they're getting into the industry, or even if they've been in the industry four years and still have no clue who they are, to apprentice under somebody who knows who they are, because it'll help them find what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Because I like I was five years into the business and then I finally like came to that conclusion of, oh, I don't have to do this all on my own mm-hmm. because I started on my own. And yeah. the first wedding that I shot, like I didn't second shoot any weddings. I started just, you know, baby bird, just going out there trying to make it work. And I failed a lot. And I had brides who were mad that I missed certain photos. Yeah, You know, I didn't get a photo with a bride and her dad because I didn't, I didn't know. Like, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I didn't follow people. I didn't know anything about photography education. It was. All, I was all self-taught uh, up until a certain point. But uh, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I was like, oh no, like I need to be learning from other people. As photographers who have been, I mean, even some photographers who have been in the business for two years were way ahead of me at yeah. five years. I was like, I can learn from them and like yeah. jump these mistakes. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not having to do those and then fall back and be like, okay, now I got to It's like, it's like taking, you know, like a fast train to the next, to the next stop. And you don't even have to get off. You can just go on to the next one. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. And like, while you were talking about that, I, it, I don't know, maybe because we talked about chef's table earlier, but I thought about like Christina Tosi, um, who's, yes. you know, Christina. Yes, man. Her milk, milk bar. Milk bar. Oh yeah. One of my New York places. Yeah. Like my get, wife was so, we, I wanted to get crack, crack, crack pie shipped for my wife's birthday, uh, during quarantine and everything. Um, but one of our friends was like, we know that y'all love milk bar. My wife has never been to milk bar and they shipped like uh, two dozen cookies. And it was just like so good. assortments of all the different things. And she so hates good. the compost cookie. Which I love the compost cookie. <gasps> That's my cookie. favorite cookie yes. yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah, whenever, uh, cause I, uh, when I was in New York last year, I went to milk bar and it was the first time I'd ever been there and we had watched uh, chef's table and like we need to go to milk bar and yeah. it was the last day i was finally able to find one near where i was staying and uh walked in bought all this stuff packed it in my suitcase brought it back uh and like we had crack pie together and it was amazing and Sorry. yeah and she didn't like the compost cookie and i was like okay yeah i'm gonna eat all of this and whenever <laughs> she got that little gift box i was like i will take both of these compost cookies and uh and i don't need anything else i'm good um uh, but yeah i was thinking of her because like she she was a really good chef and a great pastry chef yeah. and she was working under david chang mm-hmm. and like she worked under him 
and didn't like just try to go make it out on her own. And I think because she was under David and like he mentored her and he told her things and and then you know at that at a certain point it was like no you I don't want to lose you but you need to go start your own thing like yeah. this crack pie is amazing and we just finished it off in three seconds yeah. so you need to go sell this stuff yeah um, and that's what i yeah. love about her story is when it comes to baking desserts she was probably always a better baker like than he was because that's not really what he did right but yeah. he had so much else to offer that she didn't look at the one thing she brought to the table and hold that above the value of what he brought to the table mm -hmm. a lot of people will look and be like oh yeah but you know like i'm really good with a camera and I, i'm a quick learner and why would i apprentice under somebody for this much time when i could be making this much money in that time and they start to like stack things up to try mm -hmm. to like convince themselves that it's not valuable but when you learn your first really really hard lesson like you go dang, that could have been avoided. You know, like yeah. I was doing a podcast that I host um, and my guest was Lucas Carintha, uh, who is an incredible, incredible photographer out in um, Portland. And he was talking about how when he first came here, like from, from Czech and he was doing a wedding over here, um, he was like, man, I wasn't prepared. Like I went and I shot a wedding with like, one battery and mm. kept having to like stop put it on the charger take a few photos charge it take a few photos and he's like i missed so many important memories because of the one thing that i didn't realize was that like yeah i could take good photos but i didn't realize how unprepared i was for a full day compared to everything else that i shoot where one battery is fine and yeah. so lessons like that you you can only learn either from falling flat on your face or from someone who's fallen flat on their face helping you make sure that you don't you know so mm -hmm. i'd rather and telling you yeah bring four backup batteries yeah because one of them may not be charged who knows yeah. or if you're I've... fuji bring 42 backup batteries right. <laughs> 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 yeah it's i mean we need to look at at our peers and like those who are above us and even those who are like right in next to us because we're all on different planes and you know i might know something more about you know uh nighttime photography and yeah. you know something more about you know uh doing like uh off-camera flash and stuff like that we can all learn from each other even if we're on the same kind of playing field yeah um, yeah I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I, on a regular basis, will box John and be like, hey, so um, how do you set up that silhouette shot again? Because <laughs> I was doing knife photography like ever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, you know. <laughs> and that's the thing is pride keeps us from being able to do those things. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that we really need to kind of get away from in the photo industry is like self-pride. Because mm -hmm. for me, I don't do off-camera flash. I just don't. Um, it's not really what our style like yeah. does. Um, but that has not stopped me from sitting in like three or four OF, you know, off-camera flash um, workshops because there might come a time where I'm going to need it, you know, and ah. there might come a time where it's the only option. And I'd rather have something done right for my couple and my pride like 
not get in the way. And mm-hmm. the, the, the guy who got us into it, you know, I was second shooting with him when his wife was sick. And then me and my wife would second shoot with them before we thought that we actually wanted to do this ourselves. Um, he, he's uh, got a company called Rad Red Creative. And what I love about him is I learned a lot um, through my time second shooting with them. Um, the way we, like our styles are completely different. Um, and, but the way that we shoot ceremonies will never change. And we learn that from them. Like mm. it will always be the way that we do things. Um, and what I love about Leo is there's been times where Leo has called me and been like, yo, Phil, like you seem to be like really getting this done right. You know, or connecting with your couple in this way, that's different. Like, how are you doing that? Like, what, what are you like? And for someone who is the reason that I got into the industry, pride could easily keep him from being like, I'd rather not know than ask the person that I got into this field, like what he's doing. But he surrenders his pride and says, I just want to be a good photographer for my couples. I don't really care. Like I'll pick up the phone and I'll ask Phil, you know, how this has led to his success. And so that's what I love about like those kind of people. And those are the kind of people I want to keep in my circle, you know, people that aren't like holding on to their secrets and stuff like that. Like people all the time are like, Phil, you know, you could be charging for this stuff that you keep telling everybody on these podcasts. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't really care. Like, most of the people that need to hear it probably can't afford to do a workshop with me right now anyway, you know, or, or at all because of reason of photography that they're in. Um, or they're too prideful to say that they need to. So I'll give it out for free. Um, but, but I think that, you know, this industry should be a little more, um, intentional on education, not for the sake of financial gain, but for the couple's gain or the client's gain. Um, and, and the other photographers benefit. Preach. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I, there are so many clients to go around. Like, there shouldn't be a competition between us all. And, and we should be trying to lift each other up so that we can serve clients, yeah. like, so much better. Like, always be learning. Always be trying to become better so that we can, like, have couples walk away from their wedding with amazing pictures. Like, that's, that's what I want for every couple. You know, I like, it literally breaks my heart when I have, when people tell me like, I hate my wedding photos, like, oh my gosh, that's the day that you married your person. Like, I don't want anyone to feel that way. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, I think it's just the idea of, which is why we decided to like, take everything about me off the website, about my wife off the website, when we decided to be a team. Um, Because as long as you're trying to be a person a figure on a pedestal it'll always keep you from allowing yourself to share those kind of things because you're always worried about who's going to take your place or who's gonna you know be the next whatever um and if it comes a point where like people are choosing other people over me cool you know like the same way that i got into this the same way like i'll get into something else eventually you know um right but i'm not gonna like withhold that kind of stuff like like our team for instance people are like wait you allow your team to like still shoot some stuff that isn't under the portos brand and i'm like yeah and they're like but you're teaching them everything and i'm like yeah and the day that they're more successful than me means that I actually did my job in leading them. Mm. And I have one guy on my team 
John Branch. Um, he goes by John Branch the fourth, and he's got this like really dope YouTube channel. Um, and I'm seeing him like gain success. Companies are sending him things, and he's you know doing unboxing videos and this, that, and whatever. And I could easily be like, "Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> what about me? You know?" Right. But yeah. every time that he he talks, you know, like he'll be like, "And my mentor showed me this." I don't need him to say my mentor Phil Porto. I don't need yeah. that credit, you know. Mm-hmm. Like me seeing his subscribers go up, me seeing him get this accolade or that accolade, speaking at this workshop or that workshop, that just means that what I did wasn't in vain, you know? And so that makes me stoked. That means more to me than an extra zero in the bank account, you know, because I know yeah. that him and his family who I love are doing awesome and they're going to continue to do awesome. So mm-hmm. I think we need a perspective switch on like what's really, you know, something that we hold in, you know, the, the, the idea of value. Like people are more valuable than what's in our bank account. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Hey y'all, quick break to share with you someone that I use every single week in my business, and that is ShipStation. They're a web-based shipping app that makes shipping your products and prints super easy. And they offer integration for your e-commerce site, so you can automatically create printing labels as soon as your customer purchases, which is pretty awesome. Your membership also comes with a free stamps.com account, making it even more valuable. You can print labels and ship directly from your doorstep. No more dealing with lines at the post office or trying to figure out those kiosks. Now you can easily spoil your clients with welcome gifts, send out print orders, and deliver those beautiful albums that they will love forever. So head on over to lightdarkco.com slash shipstation for your free 30-day trial. That's lightdarkco.com slash shipstation and get ship done. Can I ask you a few questions about your associates? Yeah. So, um, so, so you said they, do they have their own businesses besides working for you then? Yeah, some of them do. Um, so when we, uh, first, um, started, uh, we had a few people reach out and one of our first ones was a girl named Jennifer and she had her own business before, you know, and she would shoot some weddings, uh, some birth, some family, some this, some that. And we just didn't really feel like we needed to ask her to surrender that, you know, it just wasn't something that we felt, you know, we felt her character was spot on. And we felt like, you know, we had something to offer and we, we we felt like she would be a, a crucial part of the team. And so we, we've allowed her to continue, you know, but with, with, with her, you know, she's also a mother, you know, and she, her husband works full time. And so running a full time, like nonstop wedding business, plus doing all the editing and all that stuff isn't, wasn't necessarily her goal. Like she shot multiple things, weddings would bring that income, but this was a good thing for her, you know, to be able to kind of just shoot and connect and then not have to worry about all the other stuff. And she can play mom a little more. Um, John, when John came to us, he had his own business, but he was like, I don't really know what I'm doing with this company. Like, and I didn't even need to know his work. Like I met him at a workshop in New York and me and my wife were like, that's one of the sweetest dudes we've ever met. Let's bring him on. And like, we seriously like texted him and we were like, Hey, send us three raw photos of yours. And he was like, what? I was like, send me three raw photos. And I put 
our preset on them. I sent it back and I was like, this is what it would look like to have you on, you know, the Porto squad. We want you. And we brought them on. And then we had a guy named Brandon and a girl named Angela. They didn't know, you know, they, they had not been photographers full time before. Um, they didn't really ever shoot a wedding before. Um, and we had it in our clause, you know, for the first two years that they were part of us that they couldn't have their own business um, because we were still polishing them and teaching mm -hmm. them the right way to do things. So we didn't want them to go out and do something apart from the portos that was wrong and then that reflect the portos and give them a bad name under the portos yeah. um but now with all of our new contracts that we have out with our team team can you know pursue what they want to do um mm -hmm. but what's been great is i know going to sleep every night that they have continued to re-sign the contract because we've created a family. Um, they know that I have their best intentions. Um, and a lot of them have chose not to shoot weddings outside of the portos unless it's like a close friend or family uh, that they want to really, really hook up. Um, but yeah, so each team member is a little bit different. Um, but it, it's just worked for us. Yeah. So would you consider them, are they contractors or employees? Yeah. So they're contracted, they're paid okay. based off, um, you know, the, the, the demands because I don't have them editing. Um, okay. so, yeah. so mm -hmm. it would be, uh, I think unbeneficial for them to have to clock in a certain amount of hours and totally. get paid a certain salary, um, with, with, how yeah. much work they would have to do for that. Yeah. Um, the, the, part of the benefit for them to be part of the team, like John, John's taking on less weddings because education is really a heart of his, you know? Um, and so he's taken the time that we've really had together um, and he's learned. And what I love about John is John's one of those guys that he's like, all right, you taught it. I soaked it up and now I'm killing it. You know, like he always wants to apply the things that you pour out. And then he's not the kind of guy that, is now hoarding all that. He's like, okay, I learned all this. Now I want to teach as many people as I can. And so that's why he did the YouTube channel. And so he's really trying to focus on that and take on less weddings. Mm -hmm. So having Porto weddings come in for him is kind of just like a blessing because he shoots them, sends me the raws once they're cold, and then his job is done. And yeah. uh, he could continue to focus on the YouTube channel and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then we have a sister company that is not weddings um, called Table Creative House. And so what I did was instead of like forming a whole new team, I just brought on any of the Porto team members that wanted to continue working together. And yeah. then we do all like our corporate or our music and stuff like that shoots uh, under cool. that room so that it's more income for the team. Wow, yes. that's awesome. I love that. That's I've awesome. just started adding associates. So I'm like, anybody who does associates, I'm like, can I pick you for a minute? <laughs> yeah, if you need to pick my brain, let me know. Like, we, we, learned, we learned some rough lessons. Um, yeah. The, like the first year of having associates. Um, yeah. And so if you need to pick my brain at any time, let me know. Okay. Yeah. I will probably take you up on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I will honor that. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. So for anyone who's like kind of like they're feeling like they're doing all the same Pinterest shots that everyone else is doing and they're doing, you know, the maybe they subscribe to that, you know, prompt thing where they're, you know, saying that, you know, whisper your favorite cereal sexy in her ear or something <laughs> like that. And they're doing all the same things yeah. that everyone else is. 
Um, like we know that whenever you aren't average anymore, you're not doing everything that everyone else is. Yeah. You're going to attract some people, but you're also going to repel other yeah. people. Like, um, you know, why would repelling a client be a good thing? Yeah. So it's like anything, you know, like in order to, Perfect example. All right. So I've been on keto. Okay. Um, or I was, um, <laughs> quarantine pregnant right. wife. Um, so, so my wife comes in, you know, she's pregnant, you know, she's having cravings. Um, and my wife's not really a sweet tooth kind of person at all. She's more of like breads, carbs, pastas, um, language when she's pregnant, all of a sudden she's got this massive sweet tooth, Ooh. which is horrible for me because I naturally have a sweet. (laughs) And so she, all of a sudden stuff that has not been in the house for over a year is now in the house. (laughs) Oreos, Jenny's ice cream, Mm. um, Jenny's ice cream, pasta, like bunch of candy, like Starburst jelly beans, chocolate, everything. <laughs> like, there's not a single drawer you can't open to find yummy goodness. Um, and so I have caved way too much to the point that she was kind of appalled with how many Oreos I ate yesterday. And so this is doing damage to what I've been building. Like it's been doing damage to the the discipline that I've had for keto and my going on runs at seven every morning. Like it's setting me backwards. Um, and so I need to get to a point where I say no, like, and I need to be willing to like allow those things to not be there anymore so that I can get back to where I really want to be. And so in the same way, repelling things or allowing couples to be repelled is kind of like saying, I don't need this sugar in my house because what you are having is going to be a lot more beneficial for you and it's going to lead to better things for you in the end. And so when it comes to couples, there's some couples that go to our site and they read our hashtag, uh, I mean, our slogan straight off the bat, like, you don't suck, so why should your photos? And they're like, nope, tasteless. Okay. <laughs> like, we probably are not going to vibe on the wedding day anyway. Probably not, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, your mom's not going to like that I'm covered in tattoos from head to toe if that repels you guys. Yeah. Um, so, so it's okay to have things repel you, uh, be, be repelled. Um, you just have to make sure that you're repelling the right things. So so when we completely rebranded, I was like, all right, cool. This is what we're going to do. And I did this styled shoot that got picked up by Junebug Weddings and one by Green Wedding Shoes. And I had all this dope stuff. And like, I was shooting these like really hot couples and um, my styled shoots were like these really hot, like, you know, couples and tattoos everywhere and pink hair and blue hair. Like if you went to our site, it was just like hipster, like, hipstered out uh and we had a coordinator who reached out to me um we were friends before we were both in the industry and so when we both got in the industry she was like really stoked she was like we can just keep working together and it'll be like a party every time we hang out and i'm like yeah yeah." and so she reached out to me and she's like um so phil i think there's a problem with your website and i was like oh what what is it down what's going on and she's like no what i mean is a lot of my couples are intimidated and don't want to reach out 
because they don't feel like they meet your standard of good looking, cool, hip, and they just feel like they're average people and you only want to work with the hot, tattooed, different colored hair, like really like Instagram worthy kind of clients. Mm -hmm. And so I was repelling really, really awesome couples um, with the content that I was releasing. And so I realized that I was sending the wrong message. So when, when you're figuring out who you are, you have to send out a message that repels the right things. So we hate Pinterest, you know, when it comes to that. You want to you wanna send me your Pinterest board to show me exactly like what your table is going to look like, what your arch is going to look like. Awesome. Straight up says on our website, mm-hmm. I do not I care that. about pin poses. So yeah. if you have a Pinterest board, delete it because I'm not going to look at it. If that turns somebody off, that's okay. Yeah. Because I didn't want that Pinterest board wedding anyway. Like mm-hmm. w- when I knew that it was repelling the right people was I was shooting a wedding. My team member, Brandon, went up with me. It was one of the few times that I took him to New York when he was learning the ropes. And I wanted to kind of like take him to some big, really good weddings. Um, and this couple was getting married at the Yale Club in New York City. And to get married at the Yale Club, you have to have gone to Yale. And so big money. And yeah, he's a neurosurgeon. And so they both went to Yale and she was like, she let me know from the bat. She was like, Phil, um, just so you know, I'm kind of the black sheep of our group. Um, no one else's wedding would be like our vibe or our photographer. Just know what you're getting into. I was like, all right, cool. So I go there. Bridal party was a little like bubbly. Um, and, and one of them was just like very self focused, you know. Um, and I just couldn't click with her, you know, because it was not the kind of thing that we do is make it about everybody else, it's about the couple. And so we're there, we finally, you know, get the family calmed down. Weather was bad, timing was off, everything was off. I did damage control, got us like 20 minutes where we could do portraits, put them out in the middle of the street, and Pretty much all we can go is the streets blocked off. It's got the city skyline in the background, a little bit grungy, a little bit city, really dope. And she's got all of her bridesmaids in black and she's there in the center. And I'm having them like take these photos and that bridesmaid goes, oh my gosh. So there's a wedding that uh, a photo that I did at my wedding that me and all my friends do that we saw on Pinterest. And it's so cool. What you do is that, and the bride goes, we hired the portos. They don't do Pinterest. And I was just like, yeah, it was so good. So, so I think goosebump moments. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh uh-huh. my gosh, we made it. Um, and so I think that kind of repelling is good. You know, I think, oh, yeah. I think, you know, making sure that couples know what they're getting. Um, we, we meet with every single couple. It's what we do. If we don't yeah. connect, we don't book it. So if a couple's like, hey, I really don't have the time. Let me just send you the deposit. And I'm like, no, we really don't book a single wedding that we don't meet with the couple first. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have the time for that. So should we go with someone else? Is that really what you want? And you're like, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I want. Like, <laughs> if, if, we can't if you don't have time to meet with me for the consult, then what's going to happen when we're planning out the wedding? <laughs> exactly. Like, we, we have no connect, connection from the get-go, and our whole thing is about connection, you know? Yeah. So some couples don't want to connect. Some couples want it to be, a, you know, a, a transaction, and that's fine. I know a ton of photographers that will gladly take their money and give no craps about them. Yeah. Um, so I'm fine repelling the right things, um, and you have to be okay with that. And 
I think what, what, what happens is when, when photographers are still trying to figure out this whole thing and figure out how do I pay the bills with this? How do I make this a career? They're afraid to repel because they think repelling means no income. And yes, it could at times, but when you don't repel, you wind up getting on this merry-go-round that you never get off of, where you're shooting every and anything, and you're completely miserable because one out of every 10 weddings might have been the right fit, and you're shooting those nine others, and you're just wanting to figure out how long do I have to be in this industry. It is a rarity where we leave a wedding and go, how did that one get by us? Like nine times out of 10? No, I'd say 9.9 times out of 10, we mm. leave there and go, man, we had so much fun with our couple. Like, I can't believe it. it. It's gone. Like, I've been looking forward to this day. But there's always that one, you know, 0.1% where you're like, holy cow, I thought I would notice this. Like, <laughs> why didn't I repel this one? But, you know, so you get to a point where repelling ends up being fruitful for you, yeah. but you have to be willing to do it first. Yep. It will benefit you in the end. But if you get on that merry-go-round where you're just shooting for a paycheck, you'll never get off of it and you'll never find who you are. You'll never find the right clients. And that's the thing is there's no ideal client. Like, right. stop. You're not going to like type in a, a keyword and it's going to be like Bumble where all the right clients just like swipe <laughs> the right direction like on Tinder or something. Like, it doesn't happen. Um, but you have to get to know them it starts from the first process. Like if I meet a couple and I don't feel like it's going to be a good fit for us, we just straight up tell them, Hey, appreciate you guys, but I don't think this wedding is right for us. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to just take your money. So I want to refer you to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Cool. Like, you know, like allow yourself to do that kind of stuff because then you get the right people. It's the right connection not Mm -hmm. the right client not the right vibe not the right venue it's the right connection when you connect with a certain couple in that first meeting you'll know that you're the right photographer for them so and if not you'll repel them or they'll repel you either way that's completely a good thing yeah yeah and and those that you're repelling like you're doing them a service also yeah. Because like that bridesmaid who was like, oh, we did this Pinterest thing and it was so fun. She's for sure not someone that you would be attracting if she went to your website. Yeah. But she found a photographer who was totally down for this Pinterest post. Yeah. And apparently. Made rocked. her happy. Yeah. And, you know, she was happy and she was remembering that about how she loved that on her wedding day at her friend's wedding. Yeah. So that photographer is totally different style and they were attracting those who you would be repelling yeah so it's like you know you're going to be attracting people that other people are repelling yeah and you know people are going to find that's why because no one no one looking for a wedding photographer is going to one site and they go like google they find you they're like all right cool i will book like very few people are going to do that if they do that they're probably they're either like super lucky that they found you yep. um, or they just don't care about their photography and they're like, yeah. cool. You're in our budget. You live in our town. Cool. Yeah. And- but, but yeah, like everyone's going to, you know, 10, 15, 20 photographers yeah. to find the right vibe, the right feel, the yeah. right personalities, the right style, all yeah. those things. And, it, and it's like, I, I live in Florida. Mosquitoes are everywhere, you know? Mm. Um, 
repellent is a good thing. Like, <laughs> without repellent, you get blood sucking. Like, <laughs> and here's the thing is you can't say, eh, it's just one mosquito. I don't really need to do it. You know, like one mosquito brings their friends. Oh, uh, like, yes. You know, they, mm-hmm. they get one bite. All of a sudden, your legs are all bitten. Your arms are all bitten. And it, it's just a constant domino effect. Same thing in the wedding industry. You cave for that one couple and you don't repel them and you do that Pinterest board photo collage, you know, they post their photos. They talk to a friend who's like, oh my gosh, I loved your photos. It reminded me of your Pinterest board. Yes, our photographer, the Portos, they let us like send them the photos that we wanted and they recreated them perfectly. You should reach out to them for your wedding. And now it's like, boom, 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 constant like, and, and you're like, oh crap, how do I say no? I can't mm-hmm. say no to her because I did it for her friend. So yeah. it's that way with everything, you know, like yeah. when, when you open up that door, more and more people are going to come in it. And if it you shut box. it, it's shut. Like it's done. It's a yeah. done deal. Um, so find the things that are worth repelling for you. Mm-hmm. It's the same for everybody. Like for me, straight up, it says, hey, I'm fine with your bridal party having a drink. Matter of fact, give me one. You know, I'll, 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 have, a, I'll have some, you know, so, some good whiskey with you. Mm-hmm. But do not allow your belligerent bar- bridal party to be all up in our faces. Like, we don't get down with belligerent bri- bridal parties. Yeah. That's on our website, you know. So do we get belligerent bridal parties? No. We've actually had couples that have been like, hey, that guy's a little mouthy. And I know, you know, that's something you guys don't vibe with. If he says mm. anything to you, please come to us. Like the, our couples do all the damage control for <laughs> us because we built that relationship. They know where we stand. Don't let a couple know where you stand on the wedding day and expect it to make a difference. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. So yeah. allow that stuff to be like worn as, you know, a, a, a badge that they can see. Um, uh, but don't be, don't be elitist about it either. You know, like, if there's something where the couple's like, hey, I know it's a very Pinteresty photo, but my mom and my grandmother did this at their wedding. Is there any way we can do this? I'm not going to go, I said no, Pinterest. Yeah. Like, oh, like, who do you think you are? You know, like, I'm not going to Hulk Hogan off the top rope on them. Like, I'm going to take that photo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but, but those are the things that they're like, okay, we know. Phil doesn't like Pinterest, but we also know that he really, really cares about us. Yeah. And so we're okay to ask that, you know? Yeah. 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 Man, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Thank you so much for being here today. This was, this was so great. It was so, so much fun. Good. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, one, one last thing before yeah. we kind of wrap this up, we do a little thing at the end of every podcast where we talk about what we're loving this week. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, movies, TV shows, books, whatever it is, um, you know, the soundtrack to Goofy Movie, uh, which, <laughs> man, that power line is, it was one of my favorite songs back then. Yeah. yeah I'm definitely going to be listening to it <laughs> as soon as we finish this. I'm just going to Spotify, throw that up there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Rachel, Rachel, why don't you, don't, why don't you start? What are you loving this week? 
So um, I'm actually really loving the Couch to 5K app this week. I decided to start okay. running and, uh, and I, it, it's been really good. It's because I have always been like, oh, I'm not going to run unless somebody's chasing me. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, you know what? We've been in quarantine. I haven't had a gym to go to. I've been trying to do mm-hmm. a few things, but I just haven't had anything that I've like stuck with. And so for two weeks now, I've been using that, uh, that couch to 5k app and it's I actually like I'm like I don't get out of breath as easy this week and I'm like okay all right I can do this so I'm loving this week (laughs) okay sweet okay Phil Phil what are you loving man what am I loving um so I've been watching a lot of so my pastor referred a show to me like three years ago and I watched like the first episode and then I stopped and then I watched the first episode again last year and then I stopped. <laughs> uh, and then my wife was just like, all right, I've been watching it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we're supposed to watch these things together. She's like, you're never going to watch it. I'm on season two. And I was like, fine. So I finally picked up the West Wing. Um, and oh, yeah. that show is so, 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 so good. So good. So, so I'm, binging on well binging but watching in my mm-hmm. spare time the west wing and also the last dance the uh michael jordan documentary yeah uh, oh, yes. every single week that's probably yeah. the greatest documentary i've ever watched nice. um so those two and then i'm reading um east of eden a book by john steinbeck um okay. And so, so yeah, I'm trying to dive more and more into that. And then that entrepreneur uh, book by Ken Folk. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to use my time when I'm not like doing work related mm-hmm. stuff. I love it. Awesome. Great. Awesome. What about yeah. you? Um, I, I, uh, well, I'm looking forward to last dance. We have a couple episodes recorded, and nice. uh, we actually have uh, a little date night set up for tonight. My in-laws are going to be watching the kids, letting them stay over at their place, and then we're going to watch the first two episodes. So we are yeah. super excited because we were big Bulls fans in the 90s, and yep. this is it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am loving um, – there's – there's a movie on Netflix called The Invitation. Um, it, is, it is an interesting movie. Uh, it's about um, an invitation to a dinner party. And it's, you know, some chaos ensues and some, some weird stuff kind of going on. And it's got like a kind of a, a strange feel through the whole thing. And then there's a good twist in it. Um, which I love those movies with twists and um, but yeah yeah the invitation it's good it's on Netflix okay um, I'm check that out I enjoyed it a lot oh uh, real quick real quick yeah. I just got a text message pop-up on my uh, <laughs> computer as we're doing this uh-huh. so I was dying to watch the last dance and one of my team members Brandon his wife has a YouTube live account and she's the one who has let me log in. So she's listening right now. She just texted me and she said, you're welcome for Michael Jordan. So, <laughs> shout out to Taylor. Nice. <laughs> Appreciate you, girl. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we, my, my wife is a huge, um, 
a huge fan of of the bulls and um like actually got to uh in i don't know like maybe 98 uh she got to like go to a camp and like have some of the bulls like teach her how to shoot free throws and stuff and it was your wife's life i know right yeah i mean that's i mean she was living in chicago at the time so it makes a little bit more sense um but but yeah she she actually had to text a friend who had watched it and was like hey are they going to paint like any of my favorite players in a bad way and they're like nope nope you're good like this is it's all pretty legit like there's you know there's some stuff but it's, uh, but it's gonna be really it's good. superb you're going to absolutely love it like i'm addicted to it and growing up in the 90s in mm-hmm. the 80s i was a huge i was from new york so i was a huge knicks fan but right. when jordan came into the game i was like torn so i was like a knicks fan unless you were playing against michael jordan like uh, i would root for the bulls for anything and then during bulls and knicks games mm-hmm. i would just cheer for both sides because i was so <laughs> torn and so watching those memories like all over again and watching those like monumental knicks versus bulls mm-hmm. like, competitions in this show took me back so you're gonna love it yeah yeah i'm definitely gonna like it's gonna be so nostalgic watching this because uh, I have not, I haven't even watched like the preview or trailer or whatever for this thing. I've just heard so much about it. And this is going to be good. Yeah. Um, okay. So Invitation, uh, that's a movie that I'm loving. Um, I'm also loving the new uh, Childish Gambino album that Ooh. just came out. I had no idea that he released a new album. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I but it just popped up on Spotify. Like, hey, you should probably listen to this. It's a new release. I was Spotify like, knows you. Wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Childish Gambino was my most played artist last year, so by by quite a bit. Um, so it was it was really cool. It's uh, it's an interesting vibe to it. Okay. Uh, very chill, uh, which is great. It's been really good editing music. Hmm. Uh, check it out you know editing during the day editing at night i need some upbeat stuff keep me awake keep me alert yeah that's good and it's just i think it's it's got like all the the album tracks are just the time that it shows up on the full album so it's like this track is named you know 42 colon 16 (laughs) like the whole album name is like 03.16.20 okay which apparently was the release date. Yeah. Okay. Um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's that's what I'm loving this week. I'll check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Very sweet. Cool. Well, before uh, before we close this on down, Phil, where can people find you? Where can yeah. they follow you? What are you doing? Yeah. So uh, the Portos on pretty much everything are at the Portos. And then you can find our website and all that stuff. Uh, the other company is at T as in Thomas, B as in boy, L as in Leonard, creative house, and then at Disney Dad Swag for who I really am. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Well, Phil, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a treat. It was so much fun. Seriously, it was so Thank great. you, John. Thank you, Rachel. Appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Light and Dark Podcast. You can join us next week live on Facebook in our Light and Dark Photography Podcast group by heading to lightdarkco.com slash joinfb or by searching Facebook for Light and Dark Photography Podcast. I'm Rachel Driscoll, and you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Driscoll. And I am John Mansfield, and you can find me on Instagram at allheartphoto. The Light and Dark podcast is recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. You can find the show notes with all the things at lightdarkco.com slash podcast. This podcast was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme is by the talented John Isaac. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.